but one process follows naturally upon the other if we persevere in our repetition it will lead us inevitably into meditation gradually our confused reverie will give way to concentrated thought so in the beginning you know when we are repeating perhaps it becomes mechanical and the mind starts going out like that but ever because we are doing something consciously you see then we become aware of it my god where has my mind gone already so you bring it back so you keep on doing it again and again and again until at last you get some amount of control over it and the mind becomes concentrated we cannot long continue to repeat any word without beginning to think about the reality which it represents naturally you start thinking what is this i am doing and try to find a meaning for it so unless we are far advanced in spiritual practice this concentration will not be manifested for more than a few seconds the mind will slip back into all sorts of disconnected thought but it will be a higher kind of reverie the reverie dominated by sattva rather than by rajas and tamas see at least the mind is functioning in a limited way in and the sattva dominates by practice of japa we bring that mood into our and this name repeatedly uttered within it will be like a gentle plucking at our sleeves demanding and finally recapturing our attention that's what japa would do see in india normally when a disciple comes to his teacher for initiation he is given just what is called a mantra you say the mantra consists of one or more holy names which the disciple is to repeat and meditate upon throughout the rest of his life it is regarded as a very private and sacred thing for him the essence as it were of the teacher's instructions to the pra- to the particular disciple and the seed within which spiritual wisdom is pressed down or passed down from one generation to another so you must never tell this mantra to any other person that's normally is instructed like that it's it's told like that only because it's something sacred you will not just go on talking about it so to emphasize upon it they say don't tell it to anybody that's all <laughs> see the act of repeating it is what is called as japa so you can make japa loudly if you are alone or silently if you are among other people it is convenient to do it with a rosary thus linking thought with a small physical action because you see this also remains supposing the mind goes away then this might suddenly say what am i doing you say repeating the mantra whatever my mind has gone away you see and also it provides a small but sufficient outlet for the nervous energy of the body 
which might otherwise accumulate and disturb the mind. So most spiritual aspirants resolve to make a certain fixed number of japa every day. The rosary serves to measure this one bead repeating with each mantra so that you are not distracted by having to count the number. It's needless to add the practice of making japa is not confined only to the Hindu tradition. Which is normally practiced. Say a form of mantra which is also recognized in the Greek Orthodox Church. I'm sure I am reminded there's a quotation here I have written down from the way of pilgrim, you see. How the pilgrim by simply repeating the Lord's Prayer. His whole mood becomes changed and spiritually he evolves. It was a Russian monk who wrote this, you see. It's a rather a long quotation, but still it's worthwhile to read it for you. The continuous interior prayer of Jesus is a constant uninterrupted calling upon the divine name of Jesus with the lips in the spirit, in the heart, while forming a mental picture of his constant presence and imploring his grace during the occupation at all times, in all places, even during sleep. The appeal is couched in these words, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. One who accustoms himself to this appeal experiences as a result so deep a consolation and so great a need to offer the prayer always that he can no longer live without it. And it will continue to voice itself within him of its own accord. Once the habit is made, you know, it's a continuous process that's happening. Many so-called enlightened people regard this frequent offering of one and the same prayer as useless and even trifling, calling it mechanical and a thoughtless occupation of simple-minded people. But unfortunately, they do not know the secret which is revealed as a result of this mechanical exercise. They do not know how this frequent service of the lips imperceptibly becomes a genuine appeal of the heart, sinks down into the inward life, becomes a delight, becomes, as it were, natural to the soul bringing it light and nourishment and leading it on to union with God. One Saint John in his teaching about prayer speaks as follows 
no one should give the answer that it's impossible for a man occupied with worldly cares and who is unable to go to church and to pray always everywhere wherever you may find yourself you can set up an altar to god in your mind by means of prayer and it's fitting to pray at your trade on a journey standing at the counter or sitting at your handcraft in such an order of life all his actions by the power of the invocation of the name of god would be signalized by success and finally he would train himself to the uninterrupted prayerful invocation of the name of jesus christ he would come to know from experience that frequency of prayer this soul means of salvation is a possibility for the will of man that it is possible to pray at all times in all circumstances and in every place and easily to rise from frequent vocal prayer to prayer of the mind and from that to prayer of the heart which opens the kingdom of god within us